Good afternoon, wonderful people, and welcome to the Bad Thought Therapy family. I am so grateful that you have joined us. I welcome you, and I look forward to hearing from you. I tell people all the time, I am both the student and the teacher, so I invite you to teach me, to educate me on things, and we are learning and growing together. We are learning and growing together. It has been um, one of these April showers kind of weekend. And don't forget, we need the, the rain to make the flowers grow. Your life needs rain in order for you to grow. And rain is just a metaphor for the problems and difficulties and challenges that we have. But every time there is rain, it means that something is going to grow because water is needed in order for us to be here and to stay here. So just keep that in mind. Hang on because let me tell you, after every storm, there is sunshine. There is sunshine. And you believe it and you keep that in your thought. And sometimes life can be where we're not just taking one day at a time. We're taking one second at a time, one minute at a time. But all trouble comes to pass. Trouble never, ever lasts. There is another side of fruit. And you just have to take one second at a time, one minute at a time, until you get to that other side. And when you get to that other side of your problems or your trouble, then you become a witness. You become a witness of strength, a witness of inspiration, a witness of power. And that is the beautiful thing about our humanity. So I just want to put that out there. I always like to give a little inspirational moment here. But today I'm going to talk about a subject. And I have to give a disclaimer on this one. Because I'm really talking about this subject from the window. I'm just going to call it from the window. And it's because I have never been to this place. I only have learned about this place through research, through books, through movies, and through people, but I have not personally breathed the air of this place, which I'm going to talk about, and I'm doing this because there's a big news story, and I just wanted to say something. I wanted to talk about this for a minute. Today, I'm going to be talking about Africa, the continent of Africa, and I decided to title this episode, Message to the Motherland, uh, actions Africans need to take to save themselves. I can't say where this fascination for Africa came from or when it started. And I was kind of thinking about that. But I do remember when I was in high school, and this is not clear, it's fuzzy because that was a long time ago. Um, We had a festival at our school. And I don't know if it was an African festival or if it was like an international festival. It was, my school was not a, it was a predominantly non-black school. So I was bused to that school and I think we were having an international festival. I don't know if I chose Nigeria or how I got Nigeria, but I remember that my group, we all had a table and we had to do something that was authentic and have artifacts from that country. And I had Nigeria. 
And so I remember literally making the Nigerian flag, the green, white, and green. I remember making it. I, I think I remember, again, this is high school. Y'all got to realize I'm almost 60 years old and having on maybe some Afrocentric, you know, clothing, but we had the festival and there was something about that. And I don't know how I got or the group got the information to be able to do it on Africa. What do we use? We use because back in the day we didn't have Google. So it had to have been encyclopedias. That was one thing that kind of sparked my interest. I do remember um, going to college and that's when a lot of things changed. I went to college with other Africans, mainly Nigerians. And at that time, I had sort of a romantic view of Africa. It was very, I had romanticized Africa. Um, And then maybe it was, let me go back, maybe it was Roots. Because I remember in the sixth grade, I will never forget this, Roots, the movie, the, the series, TV series came out when I was in the sixth grade. And I remember watching that every night and knowing that, just kind of knowing, okay, we came from Africa. That's all I knew, though. We came from Africa. And sort of having this view that it was a beautiful place and all that. So fast forward, um, I moved here like 25 years ago from my home state. And one day I went to go get my hair braided, and they were playing um, an African movie. It was a Nigerian movie. And I love that movie. I don't know, I, I don't know the title of the movie. I just, you know, I just came in and they had it playing. And I was like, wow. And when I went back, it was a Sunday. And apparently they didn't play movies on a Sunday. For some reason, they just had the TV off. And I was trying to get them to turn it back on. Could y'all turn it back on? Because I knew they were going to have an African movie. And I work with Nigerians and I work with other people from all over the world. So I began, again, my fascination. Now, from the movies, I learned that the media basically only depicts this one side of Africa because I had seen the National Geographic books, you know, um, and I'd seen documentaries where they only show the undeveloped part of Africa, which is beautiful. There's nothing wrong with it being undeveloped and those people not having to modernize. We think that modernization is something so great, but it may not be. And I think another thing that sparked my interest in Africa, because you have had people throughout time explicitly try to prove that African people are inferior, which is very interesting because they have, we are the oldest people on the planet. African people uh, are, have been here longer than anybody else. And we're talking about millions of years. So you can't be inferior if you are an ethnic group that has at your first number one and you're still here but there are some people that have been wiped out through evolution through different things so that argument in itself but you actually had people and I remember this you had so-called social scientists prove try to prove that African people were some kind of way inferior and um but when you really start to study, and, and I think about even the Africans that were forced over here, when I began to study history and I learned that we created so many things with no formal education, the amazing things we did, then I could walk in confidence knowing that 
we, you know, we're not inferior. There, so I'm sure there's some people with intellectual challenges more than others, um, or less intellectual challenges. But the reality is, as a race, we're not an inferior people. In fact, some might argue that we are superior, and that is why that you know they're trying to spice that melanin right now. But that's another story. But I'm doing this one because I know that you and everybody else has heard about what is happening in Sudan, and my heart just because Sudan has been a country that has dealt with so much and it's a part of the world very ancient part of the world when you get into you know different artifacts and and, and, and scientific archaeology and paleontology and all that stuff and it just grieves me to know that you got people starving in some places but these people are rich enough to have guns and rich enough to have ammunition to be able to destroy and tear up a country. So um, it hurts. I want to read a quote that I saw. This was by an American author, and he said, if I have ever seen magic, it has been in Africa. If I have ever seen magic, it has been in Africa. So again, I'm talking about a subject that I have only a limited amount of knowledge of, And my knowledge is based on talking to African people, people from Africa, from Senegal, from Nigeria, from Togo, from South Africa. There's so many different people that I've met over the years. And I've had some fast Egyptians. I've had fascinating conversations. And you have to understand, I formerly studied French. So I have a degree in French. My concentration was in French. I learned a lot about French-speaking countries in Africa, met a lot of people from French-speaking Africa, And so I have a perspective there. And the movies, the books, all of these wonderful things. And again, my goal is to travel at some point. COVID kind of threw some things off, but that is finally now sort of getting settled down. So I think about Africa a lot because I'm very aware that the continent has every natural resource it needs to sustain itself. In fact, combined, when you take all of the African countries, it is the richest place in the world. And some people know that. And Africa has been, with you know, I'm not going to get that deep, and we could be here for all, you know, we could be here for days with this one. Um, It has been colonized. It has been um, pillaged of its resources, of its human resources, and its natural resources. And that is Africa's long and painful history. At the same time, there are multi-billionaires in Africa. So you wonder about that. On one hand, you have a continent where you have people that are starving in some places. And then you have people that are so rich that their great, 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 great grandchildren would still be billionaires. And so that is that poses this complexity and this, you know, it, it's this weird um, kind of paradox. But I want to say some things because it, it had to be about four years ago. I don't know how I got here, but I was on YouTube and I saw two things that were interesting. One I saw, it was like some kind of conference. It might have been the UN, but it had all these different African leaders and they were talking. And it was fascinating because we were hearing from the leaders of these countries and I was just shocked by some of the things. I won't get too much in that, but I was just shocked that you know, we, it didn't seem like they could solve some of their problems, but it just seemed to me, looking in from the window, that some of these issues could be solved. I'm not in their position. I'm not even going to act like I know, but it, it kind of, it was interesting. But then 
from there, I found this other video. And I don't know where it is because it was just like a flash. But it was a, a professor. He was a math professor or economics professor. And basically, this person was saying that Africa is going to be recolonized. He, his lecture was about the recolonization of Africa. And basically, he was saying, because Africa has allowed all these people to come in to and, and strip the, the continent of its resources, then the power is lost on the people. Now, of course, some people have power. And those people with power, it, and this is where I'm going to talk about some things we could do. Uh, I'm saying we like I live there because I'm going to have to do a citizenship at some point. Somewhere we'll have another South Africa, Senegal, Nigeria, somewhere. But anyway... Um, he was saying how there, you know, Africa is being stripped. This is nothing new, but it broke my heart because he, he was, it was so dead on. It was so spot on. Like he could see in the year he predicted what year would happen and so forth and so on. So here's some things. Number one, I, I think that Africa, because of its tattered past, needs to have every nation in Africa needs to train its children to have a sense of service to humanity. That we are the first and we are the guardians of the world and we need to teach our children to have some sense of servitude to humanity. That it's not about gaining money. There's a lot of money in Africa. So if you just focus on, I get mine, and I watch a lot of Nigerian movies, and you don't get yours, then you have people that are just greedy, and they're only fixated on being rich and having a life of hedonism and luxury, and they're not focused on saving the people and maintaining the people. That's just not what's on their mind. Now, some would argue that's not an African thing, that's a humanitarian thing, and I would agree. Humans have that tendency and we have these flaws and, and we lean towards or bend towards um, things like greed and selfishness. And so you have to teach children to do that. So that's one thing I think Africans can do to save them themselves. Another thing is I strongly don't, I don't understand why Africans are allowing other countries to come into their nations to take out their resources. What Africa should do, and this just, I'm a businesswoman. Y'all know I'm the business, and I think like a businesswoman. I, I, I don't get that. To me, Africa should only export. You want our diamonds, you want our cobalt, or you want our iron or bronze or whatever we got diamonds. We, we, you pay us. We'll export it out to you. People have let other countries and other nations come into their country and they're taking over. And if you have not paid attention to what happened in Uganda, in that situation where another nation had threatened to take over the airport, and I think they did, that made the news now. That's That was interesting to me, um, that another nation is in control. And let me tell you, everybody wants to take parts of Africa. Everybody wants that. And that's no big secret. But you can't say it's taking when you give it away. And that's what's happening when you let another country come into your country and begin to strip your nation of resources when every solid African leader, a moral man, should be saying, no, we will export what you need and you have to pay us. Because if you pay us, no African country would be poor. It would be just like Dubai. Everybody would have money. 
but but for some reason that's where that human that human those human flaws come in so that's one thing another thing i recommend africans should do is to inspect everything i would not take anything from anybody unless it is inspected you need to inspect medication food see what's in it africa should be raising its own and training its own scientists its own doctors engineers it's enough people there it's the second largest continent in the world and there is enough intelligent and in- intelligence and intellectual power to not have to go anywhere else to raise up doctors and engineers and scientists Africans need to learn how to inspect everything. You know, I watch a lot of movies and from all over but mainly from Nigeria and there was one movie I got to find that movie and it was about how um and you know, one thing about Nigerian filmmakers, I just love them because they address politics, you know, head on and this one was about counterfeit medications and how counterfeit medications are literally killing people. But see, that didn't have to happen. Because you don't let people just give you anything. You know, I just don't eat everybody's food. Because you can die like that. You get sick like that. So you just need to inspect everything. Another thing is, again, Africans need to control their own scientific research. Remember that I got to find that movie about Ebola when this doctor, God bless her soul. May she rest in eternal peace. This doctor out of Nigeria and she is credited for slowing down the spread of Ebola at the hospital she shut everything down and there were these you know diplomats or whatever trying to come through and they thought okay I'm gonna go on and live my life and if they had been allowed to leave that hospital they would have spread the disease even more and she was able to contain it and stop it and yet she did lose her life but thousands and thousands of people were saved African people need to continue to control. Every country needs to have an army of medical officials. The resources are there. If, if and everybody you you African nation should own everything, their own stuff. Why is somebody else in these countries owning their mind? I I just I don't know. See, this is where it scares me because they talk about are we inferior? Now that scares me because something is wrong if you're letting that's like me letting somebody come to my house and just use my water and use my, my my toilet or whatever I have them use, my food, and I let them come on in and just take over. No, Africa needs, Africa needs to take over. They need to take over their own um, research. We've got to address colonization. You know, before I really started watching African movies 25 years ago, I remember I sort of romanticized Africa. I don't know why I didn't think about colonization and the real effects because I was still young and green. But as I studied more, I saw how many of us, even in America, we've done this. We have taken on the identity of the people that enslaved us, that oppressed us. And what happens and that's what's happened in Africa because they were colonized we've taken on a certain kind of mentality because really what we internalized was our own inferiority and african people have done that too just like in america they have and they've assimilated and they don't want to they don't have any pride in their own african culture and history and heritage they've adopted somebody else's idea of themselves and beauty 
is is sick. And we have to address that because you got people bleaching their skin. They're bleaching their beautiful brown, black skin. And some kind of way, every school and every nation, not about teaching hatred and the bad guy, but teaching the psychological effects of colonization. Because let me tell you, I can't even watch an African movie now where I see somebody's natural hair. Now, I see some actresses that change, but you got the bleaching of skin. You have these wigs on because their own natural beauty is not enough. And it should be. It's enough. And so now, and, and I understand that in some products, and some in South Africa did a movie that addressed that too, where you can't even get skin products without some kind of bleaching in it because they're these illegal products. But nobody puts a gun in your head and makes you use skin bleachers. You, this is, we got to address this because if we're trying to get lighter and I've seen a documentary on that and something is wrong we don't have to get we don't have to bleach our skin and long term you know you're lighter but then you're dead now that doesn't make a lot of sense to me you're lighter but you're sick you got cancer now because these chemicals are loaded with cancer causing agents so some kind of way the people in Africa need to address colonization and getting their own people to just love themselves. You don't have to bleach your skin. You don't need to wear a wig. You need to straighten your hair. And you need to be proud of that. And so that's what I want to say. That is my message to Africans. Train the children. Train the children to be moral. Um, what I see in a lot of Nigerian movies is a lot of corruption. And it grieves my heart to know that you have these pockets of people in countries where they want power, but not to help anybody. They want power to control. See, real leadership and real power is when you influence people to do better. When you're influencing people to do evil, that means they're afraid of you. That's not real power. That's that's like pseudo power because they wouldn't be doing what you're saying if they weren't afraid of you. But see, the real power is when nobody got a knife to your throat, nobody has a gun to your head, and they're doing what you say do because they believe in what you're doing. And every leader, I don't care who they are and how long they live, because Africa's had some people that lived a long time. Everybody, every last one of them are going to die. The question is, while you're in leadership, have you done anything to empower the people? There are people being exploited. There are people being misused and abused while the re- the natural resources of the land are being stripped. And okay, a few people have some money, but then the masses suffer. You know, one of my um, co-workers, she was from Nigeria, and she was saying that her family was close to, I guess, close to the where Benin and Nigeria um, they border and where there's there was an oil spill and how you know no one ever talks about these oil companies and how the people just they've survived because we're survivors. Let me tell you something. African people survive. But she was saying how it's just places where it's just burning oil and people have gotten sick. And so what I want to do is I will tell you, train your children to be moral and to care about their fellow man and not about trying to get rich. That's a human thing. I don't say it's an African thing, but, you know, our tendency and our bend towards greed is what is destroying us. 
So we have to teach people how to be moral. We got to think about the fact, even if you get money, you're going to die. And what's the point of you gaining all this stuff and all this luxury and then there are people around you starving. I would say, you know, you might be on your way to hell. I just, I would take that chance. Just don't take that chance. Again, African people should not be letting other people come in and take over. I want to know how, like in Sudan, you know, the kind of weaponry they have has done so much damage. Where do they get those weapons from? Where do they get the money to buy the weapons? You know, and I know some people talk about the hidden hand that when you see this fighting in Sudan and other countries and what's going on in Ethiopia and what happened in Rwanda, there are some theorists and social scientists that believe that it's the hidden hand. That meaning is somebody on the outside of power that's creating this so they can have power to strip the continent. Now, that could be true. But here's the thing. Nobody can play you unless you let yourself be played. See, nobody can manipulate you unless you allow yourself to be manipulated. This has to stop. All the resources in Africa, everybody in Africa ought to be rich. The whole continent ought to be filled with multimillionaires. Because guess what? If you don't let anybody come in and then you let them strip the land, you export. No, you got to pay us. Pay us for this. No, you can't come in here and dig, but we'll, you know, you want to buy it from us. And then another thing that's happening is, and I heard a guy say this, I was listening to the radio one day, and there are different nationalities now all over Africa. And what he was explaining was, this is intentional. So he's saying that these foreign people go into Africa and they marry these these people, the African people, different countries. And he said, that's intentional. Because once they marry, they can lay claim to the land because the children were born and they're with these different ethnic groups. I remember seeing a picture of a Nigerian woman. I think, yeah, I think it was Nigerian. And she was with a non-Nigerian husband. It was like a wedding picture. And this man looked like he was not smiling. And I don't think it was just a picture where he just didn't smile. No, he, it looked like just what I was, this guy was saying was like, okay, I got to marry her because I got to get this money. I got to get this power so we can get these resources. And he was not an African man. Be mindful of that. You know, I believe that people, there people, you can't look at a person outside and always tell if they're good or evil. But there are some people that have a long history of evil. And they have something in common and it's on the outside. Now what I do is I tell people don't hate anybody because you don't want to have hate in you because it messes you up. You don't want to have, you know, resentment and hatred in you and bitterness. What you do have to do, though, because of people's history, you have to be mindful and you have to be you have to be cautious is what you have to be. I don't understand why African leaders are just allowing people to come in and 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 get settled because what they're going to do is just what this man said and just what this professor said is going to be a recolonization trust and believe look what what happened in uganda um and with other countries uh, sometime that was recently but anyway my point is this you let them in and you intermingle with them and you have children with them and that's intentional and this guy was saying he was from africa and he was saying because they're going to lay hold of the land and they think they can. Now, I don't believe in the end. I think Africans will rise up and kick them out. But I'm just saying. But this is what he was saying. 
And I thought that was deep. And I didn't know it was big, but I saw a picture of a, a woman. She was a Nigerian woman and she was with a non-Nigerian man and he did not look happy, but it. But this is what's happening. That's another thing. Check everything. My time is running out. Don't just take food, medication, anything. Check it. Because something is going on. Some of these diseases, yes, I know because you're in Africa, you have a lot of different animals. I saw something where there were some researchers and they were researching these animals. It was very interesting because they were saying they were drawing the animal's blood and all this. I'm thinking, why do they need to do this? Where's that blood going? Where's all that stuff going? See, please, please, please be cautious. Be cautious and be alert because of the history. We don't need anybody to tell us what could happen. Africans already know. There's only one country that was not colonized, and that was Ethiopia. And that's another conversation. That is my message because my time is running up. I love you. I want the motherland to be as beautiful as it was called to be and chosen to be. I need some people to rise up. Take some morality and authority to do good so that the motherland is honored the way it should be. That's my message. Ladies and gentlemen, continue to live and learn. Peace and blessings.